Good morning, Faith Fellowship. It's good to see you guys this morning. Uh, Welcome for those of you that have not yet been to our new, uh, we just like to turn things around and be on this side, which I think is probably the best configuration that we've had. And so uh hope you're enjoying it. Well lit, nice screens. Man, God is good, ain't he? Okay, so you know what we're going to do today. We're getting back to our series here, The Prism of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And remember, the thing that we've kind of been talking about over this is there are all these shun words in the Bible that are closely related and associated with salvation and kind of will list a facet to that, just so we kind of understand, like, it's like a diamond, you know, salvation is like a diamond. Now, the thing that I really want to do with this is really just get your mind to not be, um, forget just what's happened, uh, or to somehow get over it. You know, Pastor Sam says that a lot in service a lot of times that, man, how can you get over the gospel? Well, you can have sometimes circumstances and situations that are just so dark that really that's the lens by which you look at things. And so really what we want to do today and over this series is just kind of look at these things that clearly shows that you are incapable of providing this for yourself. I mean, if nothing else, that's mainly what we're going to see today is that this is something that we, we couldn't do. And so really to start out, when we think of the word remission, one of the things that we automatically think of is cancer, right? Now, what you may not have known about remission is that there are actually kind of three separate parts of remission. I didn't know this. And so in researching it, let me kind of just share with you what I got from Willis Knighton uh, Health Systems website. It says, during the course of your cancer treatment, your doctor may tell you that your cancer is in remission. This is great news, but it isn't the same as saying that you have been cured. There are two types of remission, partial and complete, and it is important to fully understand which each diagnosis means. And so now when you think about when the Bible says remission and when you get this remission, it could be that you would unwisely think that the Lord's version is much like what we see in the medical field, having a partial and then having one that is complete. So what we need to do is really prove from scripture, which one do we have? Is it partial or is it complete? Now to go on in terms of the medical terminology, it goes on to say here for partial remission, if you are told your cancer is in partial remission, this means your doctor has noticed a reduction in the signs and symptoms of your cancer. If you have a tumor, partial remission could mean that it has gotten smaller. If you have cancer such as leukemia, partial remission could mean that there are fewer cancer cells in your bloodstream. Partial remission means that you still have cancer cells in your body, but your situation has improved. Okay, and so with complete remission, if you are told your cancer is in complete remission, this means your, your doctor cannot find any evidence of cancer in your body. It could mean that all of your cancer cells have been removed or destroyed. It could also mean that cancer cells are still in your body, but they just aren't showing up on tests and exams because there's still a chance that you could have cancer. Your doctor will continue to look for cancer cells during regular checkups. And then lastly is the recurrence. See, you could hear both in your diagnosis. You have cancer, you start getting chemo treatments, and then you could hear both either partial, partial remission or complete remission. But now get this, recurrence, many cancers tend to come back after remission. When, uh, what this means is it's called a recurrence. Some patients deal with multiple recurrence of cancer during the course of treatment. And so you see that in the medical world, there's a treatment that's applied and, and it's kind of like a, I hope this works out. This is best practice for this type of cancer. But man, now you don't listen. While that's all great and good and, and the advances that we've had in cancer treatment in this country and throughout the world, I mean, exponentially better than it has been over the years, right? We tons of people, we're able to find it faster. We're able to cure it. I mean, you know, it's just things are better. 
But what you don't want to do is now kind of like a, you guys remember those projectors in school, some of you are old enough, that had the filter and that you simply put the medical version on top of the Bible. So you want to look at really what it is that the Bible says about remission and not use the world's definition to define something that God gave us. So with that, that's going to lead us to our study this morning. Now, what I didn't do like a pinhead <laughs> is give you all of the verses. There are 10 verses. If you looked up the word remission in your Bible throughout the whole Bible, there are 10 verses. Let me give you those verses just so you guys can have them for your study. The first one is uh, Matthew 26, 28. I'm going to grab my water here while you guys are writing that down. Matthew 26, 28. First mention. The next is Mark chapter 1, verse 4. Mark chapter 1, verse 4. This is good. I'm very thirsty, so this is allowing me. I'm going to take a drink every time. <laughs> the next one, Luke chapter 1, verse 77. The trouble is, I don't want to LL Cool J and lick my lips the whole time, and so I need to have this water. <laughs> or my wife can bail me out with, I know she's got some lip balm. And she will watch me and say, your lips are ashy. <laughs> That's what wives do. Embarrass you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Luke chapter 3, verse 3. Next, Luke 24, verse 47. It feels like we're doing bingo. <laughs> Luke 24, 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 43. Acts chapter 10, verse 43. Romans chapter 3, verse 25. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. And then lastly, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 18. Okay, so why do I give you all of these? One, I, you, know, you know that one of the things just in terms of the next layer of being together is our Bible studies. And currently, all of our Bible studies are in uh, Romans. And so when you do word studies, a lot of times, it's great to just really get a feel for what it is that the Lord is wanting to communicate. And so what we're simply looking at would be a uh, English language to Jesus of remission. Okay, so we just want to look at all the places that we see that it mentioned. If it had any, there were Old Testament, we would have included those as well. It doesn't surprisingly. Now, you will find uh, Old Testament dispensation mentioned throughout its, you know, where it's recorded. But this is good just in terms of practice for you to be able to do that. And so 
all I'm doing initially is something that you could learn to do where you find a word that you maybe you don't know, you want to figure out what it is and how it's defined, okay, and how the Lord intended for that to be used. And you could just simply go by and look at all these places. Now, the other thing that you have to do is have context. And that's the thing, because a lot of times if we just read these verses just randomly, <laughs> you'd be like, what are we talking about here? And you could come to the wrong conclusion very easily. So you do want to for sure maybe look at, you know, this is something that with Paul, you have to be careful. He likes to run on sentences like you would not believe and uh, will not put a period in like 14 verses. <laughs> You're like, bro, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> and so you, you want to look for where the sentence ends. If there's an indentation in your Bible above the verse mentioned, that's a good place to start because you want to get the whole idea. Perhaps you need to look at the entire chapter in some cases, okay? This is just things that when you come to Bible study, obviously, you know, we want to be teaching those things, but also in this um, realm as well, okay? And so this is going to help us to have a biblical view of what remission is by us doing this. So if we just start with the first verse there, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Now, we just jumped into the middle of a conversation. Actually, if anybody is familiar with this, we just jumped into the Last Supper. Okay, so now it just will help you to have a better handle on what it is you're doing. So you guys know how I like to do for you with your... Um, Okay, so now in Matthew 26, 28, really you would start from 26 and you'd go to 29. Really the whole chapter is pretty beautiful there. But what you're going to see is you want to now figure out, well, what does remission require in this scenario? Okay, and so if I read all of it to you, now I won't do all of these like that because we have a lot of ground to cover, although I do you know, have a good amount of time, but we'll just see how we go managing our time. It says this in Matthew 26, if you haven't turned there in your Bibles, you should. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you and my father's kingdom. Now, the thing that's really cool about that is he just like threw them into the future on that last part of the verse. It's awesome. Okay, so, and you kind of figure out something there if you pay an attention. So there is a New Testament that he's mentioning. Okay, so we already know there's an Old Testament that he's in. Now, for those of you that are not yet have taken, uh, you would learn that foundations two and three. You get some of that dispensation, dispensation, some LFBI maybe. Okay, so in LFBI, you'll, you'll kind of get this, the boundaries of this. And ultimately, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I just basically want to say that, that essentially it's kind of like three things are right there. The Old Testament, New Testament, and then the millennial reign, you know, all of that's right there. And uh, which is cool, you know, because it's just basically in, in uh, these four verses. And so uh, keep coming, as Pastor Sam would say, <laughs> you'll learn what that is going forward just so we can keep with our time. But now the thing that is going to be important for us to understand about remission around this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission, is receiving Jesus' shed blood is a requirement of remission here. Okay? So you notice he said, and gave it to them. Now, they didn't knock it out on the table. Thank God. I mean, they had enough opportunities to for buffoonery <laughs> later on after this, but not here. Praise the Lord. And gave it to him. And that's really important. The entrance into a New Testament here is also this requirement here. And then you notice that it has this kind of other effect. It needs to cover many people and sins. 
Because it said, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Okay, so you see kind of how what we're doing here, just as we kind of build this and go along here, and it just kind of helps you to have footings. And so if you want, take pictures and or write these things down. You might change them if you were doing them. Okay, but this just kind of gives you uh, some handles when you're looking at this just to help start to break down your, your Bible so that you can start to apply it. We're seeing that already there is a high cost for remission. Okay, now in the next one in Mark 1.4 says, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism, uh-oh, of repentance for the remission of sin. Now, I won't read all of this one for you. It is a little bit shorter if we just went from verse 1 to verse 5. But ultimately, what you're going to find here is that remission requires a messenger. It requires a messenger. Earlier in that verse, it says, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. Have to have that. Some of you that are familiar with your Bible are thinking about Man, salvation, how are they going to hear, right? That verse just pops in my head as soon as I read that, right? So you got to have a messenger. But then also get this, because in verse 3, it says, prepare you the way the Lord, make his path straight. Prepared hearts are a requirement for remission. So now here's the thing. The Lord is, is willing, okay? But it's not going to happen if, I, if my heart's not prepared to take it. If I just say, no, no, I'm good, thanks. Is that still going to cover me? No. Okay, so what you, what you would see there in Mark is that there needed to be a preparation in the hearts of uh, Israelis there <clears throat> for what it was that was upon them. And then you notice, obviously, in this verse in particular, repentance. But then in verse 5 it says, and there went out unto him all the land of Judea and of Jerusalem and were baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. So repentance and confession, requirement of remission, important. Now, the other thing that I want you to be thinking about when you're looking at this is, do we see a, re a repeating pattern? It's not that every time that the Lord mentions a word in a verse that you're going to see the exact same, but if you start to see things come up a lot, then you're going to know, okay, well, this is important to the Lord. Okay? Let's keep going. Luke 77 says, to give knowledge of salvation unto the people by remission of their sins, we still find that we have a messenger. Now, in this one, in, in this account of Luke 1, uh, 67, now you're going to see, and his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, so now, excuse me, this is John the Baptist, and he's just laying out some truth here. But you find something really critical in verse 78. It says, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high visited us. The other requirement for mission is tender mercy of God. See, the Lord, the thing you've got to come away with understanding is the Lord is not bound. He doesn't have to do this. And it's to start to help change your view of the Lord if you're having trouble with him and not understanding what it is that he wants out of your life or that you're, you, know, you just feel distant from him. This is an act of mercy. That this is even an option for us. In Luke 3, uh, 3 says, and he came into the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. We've seen this earlier. Obviously, we're still on messenger and repentance again. Now, again, see, we're starting to see this repeating theme in terms of requirement for remission to happen. Very important. Something that is uh, really awesome, too, in verse 4 of this Luke 3 uh, account. It says, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And so I just love that, again, it's a, it's a scripture reference, <laughs> that the scripture is referencing itself. 
Luke 24, 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now, in this case, you see something different in the top there, Luke 24, 44. It says, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled. And so you see that first requirement for remission is fulfillment of God's word. This is fulfillment of God's word. This is why he's hearkening back to that and mentioning that Isaiah reference. You also get a deeper picture here, verse 46 of Luke 24, and he said to them, this, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the, the, the day, excuse me, the third day. So Jesus suffering, Jesus' resurrection, and still repentance messenger. Now you see how we're coming about these requirements, okay? It has to happen this way. And we'll see why here in a little more detail. But again, what I want to always do is put the Lord in the best light possible. And the easiest way to do that is just tell you what his word says about him. It behooved Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day. Had to happen, y'all. So now this just tells you, okay, the gravity of remission means that the son of God had to suffer, die, and be resurrected. Do you think that's important? Because what if you and your old bones got up there on the cross? Be in trouble. Just be dead. <laughs> and going to hell, you know? That would be it. Okay, Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now you see something else. You still have messenger and repentance, but now there's going to be this belief in the name of Jesus. Now, do you find it interesting as we get deeper into the New Testament that Jesus' name is popping up more as a necessary requirement? In the first half, you know, you have this baptism of repentance. If you, uh, man, you should go back and listen to, I did a kind of a breakdown when we were in Acts of all the baptisms that there are, and we just laid them all out because in Acts, you see uh, more than one, and it can be confusing when you get there, which is why Paul needed to, in uh, Ephesus, talk to those brothers that he met there that only had John's baptism. And they hadn't believed on the name of Jesus. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, the Lord had spared their life. Think about it. He was merciful. He kept them alive. They weren't sick. And they got a chance to meet the man and got corrected. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's get wet again. Let's do it. Okay, so you can go back and listen to that. It's uh, pretty detailed. Okay, let's keep going. Acts 10, 43. This is one of my favorites. <laughs> to him gave all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Now, it's interesting because he says something kind of critical here. Believeth in him. Now, what I need to do, okay, this is for our new um, uh, Bible students. What I need to do is go above. What's it going to tell me about him? That's what I want to look at. It's saying I need to believe in him. But earlier, man, if you, if you have your Bible, you want to you turn here for this. Acts 10, 34. So now what you're going to see is you still requires a messenger. But also, it's going to tell you about the character of Jesus. Now, I, I am going to read this. And uh, I'll just start in 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. 
the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching, uh, preaching, preaching, <laughs> peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism, which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of, of all these things, which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. And so here it is, Jesus to be Lord of all, anointed of God, righteous, dead, resurrected, judge, all of that. Again, we don't make the list. Lord of all, I'm out. <laughs> right? I'm in trouble. This is what I'm putting my belief in. It's really awesome. Okay, Romans. Romans 3, 25, it says, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. Remember, we studied that last time we were together. Through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. The requirement for remission here is the righteousness of God. It is absolutely that requirement. And the neat thing about this is like, okay, in verse 21 of Romans 3, it says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Man, that sounds familiar, right? Like we keep harkening back to that law and prophets statement again. The Lord is wanting you to understand, hey, I'm, this is on my timeline for you. I've had this. This is not a new thing. And then he goes on to say, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. And the reason he said that is because he basically just laid out to us earlier in Romans 3 how depraved we are. So there needed to be a different standard. So now the Lord is essentially saying that this righteousness has been on the earth, it's manifested. See, it's important for you to know, man, working harder, trying harder, ain't, that's not the play. I'm telling you all this in order to help in your mind to understand something about yourself. The frustration that a lot of times can come from just being sick of your own sin, <laughs> right? You just get sick of yourself. You're not actually mad at anybody. You're just sick of you. Well, listen, the Lord is not sick of you. The Lord loves you. And this is his righteousness that's on display as a result of even providing remission of sins in the first place. And I love the last verse there. It says that why? That he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. It's just that the Lord gets to say to everybody, hey, listen, you don't make the cut, but my son does. And now he gets to, if anybody had fault and said, I'm going to bring this person up to you and say, Lord, look how depraved they are. He's like, I, no. That's my son. That's my daughter. Man, that. He gets to be the just one to say who's depraved, who's not, and then to be the justifier. Man, that's a show of his righteousness. It's good, y'all. Hebrews 9 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. It was absolutely critical <laughs> to get. What are we even talking about here? Okay, in Hebrews 9, 11, you got to go that high up. It says, but Christ, I love this. I'm gonna just read it to you because I love again, just so you know what the Bible says about our Lord and Savior. It's just, this is neat, man. So it says, but Christ, 
becoming, excuse me, being come as a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. See, the thing that's super critical to that is if you just spend any time in the Old Testament, especially after the tabernacle is established, and once you get to Leviticus and you see the amount of times that offerings have to be made, it is unreal. <laughs> unreal. There would be so much blood on the ground and dead animals. Thank God it was a lot of them, and they were great uh, at livestock <laughs> building. Because if not, this would have been rough. Yeah, you would run out. Absolutely. You would run out. And I love that it says, this is just how awesome our Lord is. I'm going to read it again. But by his own blood entered in once into the holy place. One time. And you good. That, that's awesome. That's one of them kind of verses. I, I don't know. It makes you want to rent your clothes and have like an S on your chest or something. You know, <laughs> I love it. Now it goes on to say, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify to the purifying of the flesh. Why did he say that? Because that's what the rules were. Okay. But then he goes on to say, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. Man, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise. Don't miss this. If you have a Bible that's physical and a pen, underline it. The promise of eternal inheritance. Okay? Why do I say underline it? It's because... The thing that you need to understand is the Lord is not uh, no take backs. It's a settled deal. I don't care how depraved you get. If you have put your trust in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. Cannot. It's a promise. And unlike us, the Father does not break promises. And so what you see here when he gets down and almost all things are by the law, purged with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission. Death and blood requirement of remission. Because he goes on to basically just say that this testament, it's only valid when that person that created that testament, the will, so just think of like a will, that's only valid when the person's dead. If you're alive, it's just, we just gonna continue doing what we do. But once you're dead, okay, it's in effect. So the thing that's interesting now, if you think about the Lord and how he set that up, when he died, everything that he commanded, the Lord is like, get to work. It's established. We don't have to wait It's very important, very important. And last one, Hebrews 10, 18. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just a high quality verse right out the gate. <laughs> but for some context, in verse uh, 11 of chapter 10 of Hebrews, and every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Again, that's just, it's so good. You just flip your Bible over. Mm. I mean, you just think about the pomp, the circumstance, the whole ordeal, the arrogance even <laughs> by which our beloved Israelis uh, and especially those of that line would have had and just the way they feel about it. Guess what, buddy? Uh, this can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. I'm done. This is finished work. 
I'm gonna pull my seat up here. Done. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. If you have your Bible physically, highlight the verse 14. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. You cannot lose your salvation, and you need to have verses when your flesh tries to tell you otherwise, or when doctrine tries to tell you otherwise. You need to know where this stuff is at. This is why we're doing this. Don't just take our word. It's important. We are God's key men in these scenarios and situations by which we get the privilege of preaching. But in this church, we want all of our people to know what the word of God says for themselves. Because you will probably be in a circumstance that if you call me, I may not be able to pick up. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You got a word of God. You better find that spot where you highlighted or dog ear that page, whatever you got to do, man. It's high time for you to know what the, your word says. And so the thing that we need to understand from here, requirement for remission here, one sacrifice, not a bunch, one. And so now, let's get this down. Our keys here. Remission requires. There are a lot of things that we could have wrote down. And obviously, you know, there's a, a lot of ways that I could, wanted to construct this. But really, just kind of the way the Lord just led me here. You first off, you need a messenger. Why? Because God's heart was never to hide the way to be forgiven. Never. You see that we have saw both declare and to preach it. And so now that leads me to something here that's very interesting for you is if we're to be shepherds and evangelists, well, part of being that evangelist is now you are the messenger. See, this is why you need to know what the message is. You need to understand the the power and impact that it has and the way that it can change and transform a life, how it can restore, how it can encourage, how it can build, how it can give you any kind of ray of hope in the midst of the fact that life is just dealing you blows. What's the message? See, I know, listen, I get, uh, adults are scary. They're, I mean, adults are scared of everything. We're scared of being alone. We're scared of not having security from work. We want everything to be, you know, kind of just set up for us. It basically that somebody just inserted us into a simulation. We were like, yes, thank you. I don't have to think. And so what happens with that same fear is we take that to the gospel. We have this important message and essentially what we do is because I'm afraid of rejection. I'm afraid that you might say something and I don't really know the answer. So then I just go. Whoop. It must be declared. You must preach it. Listen, if faith fellowship is actually going to own being shepherds and evangelists, then on the evangelism side of things, man, guys, we have to open our mouths. We have to open our mouths. Do we or do we not trust that the Lord, on the flip side, has those key individuals? He knows that hearts need to be prepared. You don't think he doesn't know that? Just because they said no once doesn't mean that if you ask them a week later, a month later, a year later, or however, that they're still going to say no. And they might. Some are, man, some are hard-headed. You know, I mean, it's almost like you kind of do need to hit them over the head with the Bible. Maybe that would knock some sense into them, but the Lord really is kind of just wanting to see your faithfulness to continue in that. See, the thing about John the Baptist, um, that guy didn't fool around, man. He did exactly as he was told to do. 
And I pray that somebody in here would also just get fired up, man, and just say, the Lord has given me a message and I can be his messenger and I will share his message. The next thing that we saw that was an absolute requirement <laughs> is Jesus. Why is that? Because God's heart was to provide himself a worthy sacrifice. That's why. You wouldn't fit the bill. This is why you are off the hook. Praise the Lord. See, there should be more rejoicing for us, but a little bit, again, it's the kind of thing that you can kind of be over. And then, then what happens is we then have the audacity to then kind of treat the Lord like, what have you done for me lately? I know I'm saved, which was it took heaven and earth like turn up on top of itself in order for that to happen. But now, because my car broke down and it's inconvenient, all of a sudden I'm like, man, I sure wish you'd help me sometimes. Will you shut up? <laughs> you know, you just need somebody to come out of nowhere like, hey, 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 uh-uh, stop it. See, that death, that blood, that resurrection, these are the things that are key elements of why it had to be Jesus. We saw already, just in terms of the glory of which he is, the son of God, that he lived this perfect, sinless life. Guys, there was no way you were going to be able to do that. No way. See, in Acts 10, 34, 43, we read it already just because it was so good, I couldn't pass it up. But again, let me just go back to it. And I just love that he started out and he said, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word of God, which is sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. Man, he's Lord of all. That word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all with the oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Man, I, you know, when I think about God being with me prior to salvation, that it says I was his enemy. But in this case, Jesus, man, God, they were tight. I want the validation that comes from that relationship they already had. And I love that the Lord found a worthy sacrifice in order to make sure that things were going to be good so that I could have remission of sins. Guys, don't get over the fact that Jesus is your Lord. Actually, actually, what I'd like for you to start thinking about is, is he your Lord? Because... If he is your Lord, then what he has commanded is not optional for you. What he has commanded is not optional. You have to start considering something. I could not do this. He did it. It's perfect. And now the expectation is simply that I would just live in that reality. So, you, you know, you think you might have come to church this morning. You're like, man, how is what I'm going to hear from church help me to pay my bills? Well, uh, when you have a kingdom focus, that will help. Because you know what doesn't help you to pay your bills is when you don't have a kingdom focus. This is kingdom focus. Last thing, Repentance. God's heart is for us to see our sin problem. Listen, you just got to own it. You have a problem. And then, and then like a dog, because guys, listen, I know we have elevated for some reason dogs and cats to the level of human being children. It's so dumb. It really bothers me. You're not a dog father or cat mama or whatever. It's so stupid. Human beings are so precious. Those things are just going to turn to worms again, like dirt. <laughs> I love them. Don't get me wrong. I love dogs. I'm not like that. We've kind of elevated this thing to this, this spot where 
like a dog, what we'll do, maybe, maybe because we idolize them now, we're just going to follow their pattern. When they get sick, they go hide. Have you ever done that? You're having a rough time, struggling with something, excuse me, with something, and you find yourself not at church, not at Bible study, stop going to discipleship, Stop going to Tuesday night prayer. In every way that you could possibly be accountable to somebody where actually people would pray for you, you have isolated yourself like a dog underneath the old truck ready to die. Listen, just own it. Ain't no superstars in here. You kidding me? No superstars. And you don't have to put pedestals for our pastors. Man, those guys, they would hate that. We're all in the same boat. We're all terrible. <laughs> and we could say, praise the Lord. Amen, I'm terrible. Okay, what, is, what does the Lord feel about that? Well, he loved me enough to send his son to die for me. That's how he feels. So I don't have to wallow in all the ways that I disappoint and let myself down or others. Now, for our growing leaders in here, this is something else, too, just in terms of the heart of grace that you always want to be communicating. Listen, we can't force or make anybody to do anything. And we had these signups and all that recently, and there's going to be opportunity for you to fail at your post. You won't be here. <laughs> you will forget. You will not get the coffee, but you got the cups. So now we're just looking at cups. <laughs> People are thirsty and cold. Something's going to, you know, my PowerPoint is just going to blow up, and then you're going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> you know. Microphone shut off, right? There's all these ways. You're gonna, a chair's going to be dirty. Somebody's not going to clean the bathroom. And guess what? I'm still going to love you and give you a hug and welcome you back. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because Pharaoh loves me, and he doesn't want me to have any kind of foolishness that would separate us. So now, listen. If the one thing for remit, uh, uh, remission was a prepared heart, how's your heart this morning? How's your heart this morning? Is, was it prepared to hear from the Lord today? Is it prepared tomorrow? Or is it already Monday? You know how that is, Sunday. After church, is like, it's Monday, I hate it. <laughs> You're already dreading going to work or whatever, right? That's not a prepared heart. Come on, man. So here, I want to give you this. Remission is a clean slate for our sins. Clean slate. The Lord just goes... Now, if you're wise, you have thought, man, that encourages me, but I know what I'm capable of, and I will sin again. Yes, you will. Probably on the way, just the breezeway between this building and the church. <laughs> Let somebody drive in front of you and almost miss you or miss you. Oh, yeah, you know, there might be some expletives <laughs> or other things, other thoughts that you may have. Okay. Here's the practical side of that. You know it. Those of you that have just entered into discipleship are going to find that verse 9 is a, a memory verse. But 8 and 10 are equally important. It says this. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. This is what I'm saying about owning it. This is why you don't have to fake it. Now, we're not looking for you to come in here all polished with your Christian smile plastered on your face and you know how somebody asks you how you're doing and annoyingly you're like man bless and highly favored and they're like oh my I'm gonna push you off a cliff <laughs> right <laughs> shut up <laughs> so you don't have to do that praise the Lord we don't have to do that sometimes your countenance won't be right but this is a hospital and sick people come here and that's what we want it goes on to say, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
So you know what you do? You go to that heavenly father that made an inroads for you to have remission in the first place and you meet back with him. You get in front of him. Perhaps you need to ramp it up a bit and it needs to go into prayer and fasting because it's really a struggle. Perhaps it needs to turn into accountability with a brother or a sister or maybe in your Bible study and it doesn't leave. And now we treat our Bible study like Vegas and we say it does not leave this room. What happens in here stays in here. Perhaps that's what needs to happen. Nobody is expecting you to have it all together. This is why the Lord created a way for you to have a clean slate. And then lastly, it says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And guys, it is absolutely my heart this year that more so that we would get his word in us. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, I do just pray that you would just be with us. Lord, we are so thankful for what has happened and that we can have remission of sins, Lord. Lord, I, we can't even really fathom it. I mean, it's such a great um, um, benefit of salvation that, I mean, you know, I, I, we tend to just overlook it. Lord, forgive us for that. Forgive me for that. Father, I pray, excuse me, that we would just be a people that would never get over these aspects of our salvation and that we would take this time to really evaluate just where we're at with you. Lord, we, we want to obey, but man, sometimes it, I mean, we also want to obey our flesh. Lord, would you just help us to see the greater is to obey you or be with us that we wouldn't just be depressed and, and in, in these places where sin just engulfs us Lord, that's not your heart for us. You've, you've done everything so that that wouldn't be the case. And yet, Lord, we sometimes we can act that way. And so, Father, Lord, I pray that you would just draw us nigh unto you, that you would also keep us unified in this class, and that we would be able to, be able to lift one another up in prayer, give biblical uh, counsel, and then, Lord, just step back and watch the Holy Spirit work. Lord, that's going to take time to do that. And so, Lord, and the thing we're always afraid to ask for is patience, but Lord, we need it. And so, Lord, we just pray that we're patient with each other. We're patient in the circumstance, the situation that we're in, that we're encouraged to know that you are with us, just like you were with Jesus. Now you are with us. We are together. And so, Lord, thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.